Let's take our Bibles once again and turn, if we would, to the fourth chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. I have a real long text this morning. One verse. So, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The 23rd verse of the fourth chapter of the book of Proverbs. I trust you will follow along as I read verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 24. And I would like to speak this morning on what I'm simply entitling a prescription or God's prescription for the heart. God's prescription for the heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Now, years ago, I committed this verse to, to my heart's memory. And I learned it in the King James, of course, the Bible that I grew up with. And there the King James says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. In other words, everything comes from the heart. Uh, Jesus uh, almost quoted from this verse when he actually said, you know, everything flows out of the heart, uh, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> uh, everything issues from the heart. And it truly does. We need to realize that what comes from us finds its origin in our heart. And... Uh, God has given us a prescription uh, to make sure that the heart stays healthy so that what comes from the heart is uh, what would bring honor and glory to God and not be displeasing in God's eyes. And I trust that we will uh, be sure to heed the prescription that God has given us. Let's bow our hearts uh, before the Lord in prayer if we could and ask that God would grant His blessing upon the time that we spend together today uh, in the Word of God. Uh, bow with me, if you would, please. Our gracious, loving, Heavenly Father, uh, we count it such a joy, such an honor, such a privilege to bow in Your presence as we consider, Lord, how unworthy we in and of ourselves are to draw near to You. We are, Lord, unworthy to even take Your name upon our lips. Oh, but Father, to be able to come into Your presence and call You Father, we count such an honor, such a privilege that we can do so because of Christ our Savior because of the Lord Jesus who shed His blood, dying as a substitute in our place upon a cruel cross, paying the price fully for all of our sin, pardoning us, granting us forgiveness that we might, Lord, be pardoned and reconciled to You. Oh, Father, putting to our account His own perfect obedience to Your law, 
His own righteousness covering us that we might be acceptable in Your sight and that we might come freely into the, the throne room of Your grace and mercy and bow before You in gratitude and praise and thanksgiving to worship. And Lord, to approach You with the petitions of our heart. And so, Lord, we bow before You now to ask that You might speak to our hearts through Your Word. Oh, Lord, how we long to hear You speak. How we long, oh God, to hear You teach us and, and help us to understand and see and know the things that would cause us to be more of what You'd have us to be. Lord, help us. We are such a poor, needy people. Lord, we, we are so infantile. We are such babes. We are, Lord, in such need of instruction by Your Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, teach us today. Speak to our hearts the Word of God. Lord, we just bow before You in expectation and hope that You might speak Your Word to us today and that it might work effectually in our hearts and lives that we might become more of what You'd have us to be as Your children. Thank You, Lord. Thank You for gathering us together here on this Lord's Day morning. Thank You for the privilege, the honor of being able to come and worship You and sing Your praises. Oh, Lord. How grateful we are. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure, I'm confident, that every one of you uh, have had your doctor, perhaps more times than one, uh, talk to you about how important, uh, how important heart health is uh, to you as an individual, and to all of us, of course. Uh, heart health is central to overall good health, isn't it? That's what our doctors tell us, and they repeatedly tell us that. And I, for one, need to be repeatedly told that because I'm hard-headed, and I don't listen very well uh, sometimes to the things that my doctor tells me about that. But our hearts are responsible uh, for all of our health in some regards, because uh, the heart pumps that nutrient-rich blood throughout all of our body, and it supplies oxygen while it also removes the toxins and the wastes uh, from our body. Uh, as the center of our cardiovascular system, it's vitally responsible for just about everything that gives our body life. Uh, ranging from the transportation of oxygen to the success even of our immune system. And so I think we can see, uh, if that be true as it is, that uh, heart health is pretty important to all of us. And we need to keep that in mind. And I'm speaking uh, to myself here. Uh, we need to remember how important heart health is. According to... Uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, heart disease is 
the leading cause of death in the United States. Well, I, I wonder if that's really still true today because of all the drugs that are flowing into the country and all the, drug, the deaths that are due to the illegal drugs that are flowing into our country the way they are. But nevertheless, even, even with that, I'm sure that uh, the deaths that are caused by heart disease are many, many, many. As a matter of fact, I think they estimate that there's around 600, 610,000 deaths due to heart disease every year in the United States. So we're told that there are many reasons uh, to maintain a healthy heart, and we need to listen to, to what uh, our doctors tell us. Let me name just a few of the reasons very quickly, if I could. Uh, one of them is to maintain safe cholesterol and blood pressure levels. And most of us know about that, don't we? Uh, high cholesterol creates problems for a, a lot of us. Uh, uh, high blood pressure creates uh, problems for a lot of people. Low blood pressure can create problems for a lot of people as well. But there are some other things that I didn't realize uh, that... Uh, uh, also are problems uh, that uh, are a result of not having good heart health. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, that we need to maintain good heart health because it reduces feelings of depression. Uh, were you aware of that? I, I wasn't aware of that, but depression can be caused by not having good heart health. And another one that uh, really caught my attention as I was looking at this is we need to maintain good heart health because it lowers the risk of developing dementia. And, uh, you know, blood flowing to the, to the brain, you know, uh, taken to the brain, things that need to be taken to the brain. And uh, once I thought about that and considered that, I realized that, that that's very, very well uh, true. And so there are lots of reasons for good heart health. Uh, but as important as the reasons for heart health, like I've just been talking about, or that the doctors talk to us about, as important as those things are, they're not nearly as important as the reasons for having uh, good heart health that Solomon was talking about here in the Proverbs. Not nearly as important as uh, keeping our heart with all diligence as we're instructed to do here in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Uh, do you realize that, that the heart that Solomon is talking about here is a gift from God? It's a gift. Well, I know that even the heart that we were talking about earlier that, that the doctors tell us we need to take care of. That's a gift from God, too. Isn't it? Everything, really, is a gift from God uh, that we have in our physical bodies is a gift from God. But those things are temporal, aren't they? They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. We're going to die. This body is going to cease to be one of these days and everything about it. But what we're talking about here, this heart that Solomon is talking about that we need to guard, that we need to keep with all diligence... This heart, this gift from God, is not temporal, it's eternal. It's an everlasting gift that Solomon is talking about here that needs to be guarded, that needs to be kept. 
It is a gift from God that needs to be guarded and kept with all diligence because out of it are all the issues of life or it is the, the fountain from which springs all the issues of life. Uh, look with me, if you would, uh, where uh, we looked a little bit earlier, as Justin read in, e in Ezekiel chapter 36. The 36th chapter of Ezekiel makes it very clear that this heart that Solomon is talking about is a gift from God. Uh, we find it here in Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, where Ezekiel is actually talking about the covenant promises that God makes to his people. Uh, now, the covenant promises that God makes to his people, these are, these are promises that God has made, that God has sworn to keep, uh, and he couldn't swear by anything greater as than, than to swear by himself, as we read in the book of Hebrews. And so these are sure promises that God has made that he is going to keep, that he's made to, for those that he set his love upon from before the foundation of the world. And he says here in Ezekiel chapter 36, and in verse, the first part of verse 26, and I will give you a new heart. A new heart. Why is a new heart necessary? Because the heart that we have when we come into this world, this heart that we were talking about earlier that needs to be uh, kept healthy also, as long as we're in this world, in this life, this, that old heart is a heart that cannot respond to God. It cannot respond to God. It's a heart that's dead to God, isn't it? Because of sin. And so we need a new heart. And God says, I will give you a new heart, a heart that can respond to God, a heart that can be responsive to God. Uh, it, it's a heart that Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about in, in John chapter 3, when he said, Nicodemus, except you be born from above, except you be born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. He's saying, Nicodemus, you need a new heart. You need this new heart that Ezekiel is talking about here, that God says, I will give you a new heart. He says, I will give you a new heart. Uh, Jeremiah talks about the same thing when he talks about the covenant promises. In Jeremiah chapter 32, 32nd chapter of Jeremiah, first part of verse 39. Jeremiah says, I will give them one heart and one way. There it is again, a gift that God says he'll give. One heart and one way. And if you notice in Ezekiel, back in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 27, the last part of verse 27, he says, after he's given this new heart, he says, I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and, and, and be careful to obey my rules. After giving this new heart, I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Hmm. Isn't that something? How's this going to happen? How's this going to happen that God will cause us then, after giving us this new heart, to walk in His statutes and be careful to obey His rules? How's this going to happen? Well, if we look uh, at 
the first part of verse 27, he tells us how. He says, I'll put my spirit within you. I'll put my spirit within you. Not only is he going to give us a new heart, but he's going to put his spirit within us. His spirit within us. Now, what is this spirit? What is it? It's his spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's the spirit that Isaiah talks about in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12. And he calls the spirit of God, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the fear of God. And if we go back to Jeremiah chapter 32 again and read where Jeremiah is talking about the covenant promises that God makes, beginning with verse 39 in Jeremiah chapter 32. Let's just read from verse 39 through verse 40. 39 and 40 of Jeremiah 32. He says, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their good and the good of their children after them. And I will make them make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from them from doing them good. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. Now then Ezekiel says, I'll cause them to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. How does Jeremiah say it? He says, I'll put my fear in their hearts that they may not turn from me. They're saying the same thing. They're saying the same thing. Ezekiel says, God says, I'll put my spirit in you. What is the spirit? It's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And that's what Ezekiel, or what Jeremiah is telling us when he says, I'll put the fear of me in their hearts. This is the same thing. The same thing. It's the spirit of the fear of the Lord that God is going to put in this new heart that He gives His people. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. So how does one keep or guard his or her heart as Solomon tells us to do back here in our text in uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 4 where he says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. How does one keep or guard his or her heart to avoid the failures of the heart or the difficulties that would come upon the heart? Well, let's look at the context here, if we could, in which we find verse 23. If we look at a couple of verses prior to verse 23, beginning with verse 20 of chapter 4, we see there that Solomon writes, My son... Be attentive to my words. Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Sounds a little bit like his father David, doesn't it? Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Keep my words. Listen to the word of God. Hide the word of God in your heart. Don't let them escape from you. When God speaks, pay attention to what He says. Isn't that what Solomon is saying? Same thing David said. Consistency in the Word of God, isn't there? Consistency in the Word of God. Oh, these words, they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Oh, that we might listen to the Word of God, that we might heed the Word of God. And take what God says and hide it in our hearts and keep it in our hearts and follow, follow what the Word of God says to us. Well, let's look 
at what he said after our text in verse 25 and following. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Stay in the way. Stay in the way. It may be narrow. It may be confined. It may be a straight way. And indeed it is. Narrow is the way and few there be that find it, Jesus said. Stay in the way. Keep your eyes on Christ. He is the way. He is the way. Follow Him. Follow Him. Keep your eyes on Christ. As the writer in Hebrews says, always be looking unto Jesus. And if you're looking unto Jesus, what's that mean? That means you've got to be looking away from everything else, doesn't it? You can't have your eyes on Christ and your eyes on something else at the same time. Be looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And we're to live by faith, aren't we? Repeatedly, the Scripture tells us that. We're to live by faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. If we're to live by faith, we've got to be looking to the one who gives us faith. We've got to be looking to Him, looking to Christ. He is the way. He is the way. There is no other way. Only Christ. Only Christ. And so... Ponder the path that God has shown us. The way that God has shown us. He said, I'm the way. I'm the way. I'm the way. Follow Him. Well, let's go back into chapter 3. Look a little more at the context in which we find our text this morning. The third chapter. Oh my, one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Uh, just a few verses here in the, tr- the third chapter, beginning with verse 5. Trust. Verse 3. Verse 5, rather, of chapter 3 of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. How are we going to How are we gonna, uh, keep our heart with all vigilance? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Isn't that the same thing? In all your ways, acknowledge Him and fear the Lord. You know that portrait that Paul painted of the unregenerate man in Romans chapter 3 when he described what the unregenerate are really like and then he tells us in verse 18 why they are the way they are. He says there's no fear of God before their eyes. They don't acknowledge the Lord in any of their ways. There's no fear of God before their eyes. They never consider God. They never consider God in anything. But here we're told in Proverbs that we are to acknowledge Him in all our ways. Always acknowledge God. Always have the fear of God before your eyes. And what does that do? If we have the fear of God before our eyes, 
It causes us to turn away from evil, doesn't it? It causes us to turn away from those things that are harmful to what? Our heart. Our heart. The gift of God that He's given to us. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6. Be, by steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is, tone, is atoned for. Oh, but listen. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. By the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 3 is probably the real key. The real key to how we guard our heart with all diligence. If the heart is that we're talking about here is a gift from God, when God puts His fear in the heart, He's actually put another gift in the heart that He's given us, hasn't He? When God puts His fear, the spirit, the fear, the spirit of the fear of the Lord in that heart that He has given us, He's given us a second gift. He's given us a prescription. He's given us a medicine that will enable the heart to be kept with all diligence. He's given us that which will keep our heart safe, that which will keep our heart healthy for His honor and for His glory. Uh, When we turn to the New Testament, we find the Apostle Paul actually, I believe, referring to this very covenant in 2 Corinthians, uh, the 2nd, 2 Corinthians, oh, let's begin with the last part of chapter 6, where he's actually, I believe, talking about this this covenant. In verse 16, we'll pick up where where he's talking about this. He says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore go out from their midst, and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Striving to be all that God has saved us to be. And how? In the fear of God. In the fear of God. In reverence to God. In reverence to God. Revering God. Respecting God. Peter. Peter talks about the same thing. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Let's pick it up where Peter, Peter begins in verse 13 of chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, Peter says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. 
And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. King James says, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. As long as you are in this world, as long as you're in this life, live your life in the fear of God. Live your life respecting God, revering God. You know what will keep your heart with all diligence? Always be acknowledging God. Always be acknowledging God. In everything you do, always be acknowledging God. Always have the fear of God before your eyes. Oh, how important. How important it is that we revere God, that we respect Him always at all times. Oh, there are so many precious gifts that God has been pleased to bestow upon His children that we need to be thankful for. You know, the very first thought of a God-fearing individual in any circumstance should be, ought to be, is God's relationship to him and his relationship to God. In any circumstance in which we find ourselves, that ought to be our first thought. What's my relationship to God in this? What's God's relationship to me in this? What does God require of me? What should be my attitude about? How should I be reacting in this circumstance for the glory of God? Is that the way we think? Is that the way we react? Am I rendering to God what He requires of me? What about right now? Right now as we sit here together listening to the Word of God. Am I rendering to God right now what He requires of me? Am I pleasing Him? That will be the most important thing to me if I'm acknowledging God right now. Am I pleasing Him? Is that the desire of my heart? Is that the most important thing to me? You know, what is it that makes up the very essence of the Christian life? When it all boils down, what is it really all about? Well, we're to love God, aren't we? And we're to trust Him. And yes, we are to obey Him. We're to love Him how? How we love Him? With all our heart. Isn't that what He said? 
We learn that from the Old Testament, from the book of Deuteronomy. And when some in the New Testament, when some of those religious leaders came to Jesus trying to trap him and ask him what was the greatest commandment, what did he tell them? The greatest commandment is this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love God supremely. Is that the way we love him? Or do other things take precedence at times in our lives over God? Be honest. Be honest with yourself this morning. Are there times when other things take precedence over God in your heart? If so, confess it as a sin it is. Repent of it. Seek His forgiveness and seek His grace and His strength and the, the power of His indwelling Spirit, the Spirit of the fear of God to overcome those temptations, to let other things enter in and usurp the place that God deserves in your heart and your life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love Him supremely. Trust Him. Trust Him. Completely. Completely trust Him. Without this kind of trust, it's impossible to please God. That's what the Scripture says. Without this kind of faith, it's impossible to please God. Oh, how we should long for this kind of faith. For this kind of faith. You remember when we looked at Job here just a few weeks ago? God said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job how he fears God and turns away from evil? Job did fear God, didn't he? So much so that he said, if he slays me, I'll still trust him. If he slays me, I'll still... If he kills me, I'll still trust him. Is that the kind of faith we have? Is that the kind of trust we have in God? Oh, we've got to trust him completely. Trust him completely. We may face some hard times, folks. We may face some very difficult times. We need to be praying for grace to be able to trust Him completely. We need the spirit of the fear of the Lord to fill us, to fill us in order that we might be able to trust Him completely. Oh, how we pray that God would enable us to be at that place where we might acknowledge Him 
always in all things at all times. Fearing God. Fearing God always. Having the fear of God before our eyes always. And then obeying Him. Obeying Him. You know what obedience really is? Obedience is really the proof of loving Him supremely and trusting Him completely. That's what obedience is. It's the proof of loving Him supremely and trusting Him completely. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me, didn't He? If you love me, you'll obey me. Oh, remember Peter denied the Lord three times the 21st chapter of John Jesus asked Peter three times Peter do you love me do you love me Do we love him? Four times in the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, Oh, you of little faith. I wonder how many times he said that to them that it's not recorded in the scripture. I wonder how many times Jesus could have spoken that to you and I. Oh, you have little faith. Oh, that we might love him, that we might trust him, that we might obey him. As evidence that the fear of God is always present in our hearts and in our lives. That's the only way that we'll keep our heart with all diligence. And that all the issues of life will be God-honoring. All the things that flow out of our heart will bring honor and glory to His name as they should. May God help us. May God help us. As the days ahead may not be what we would like for them to be, may we be prepared for whatever May we be prepared for whatever. May we trust in the Lord, as Proverbs says, with all of our heart, loving Him, trusting Him, and obeying Him, acknowledging Him in all things, fearing the Lord, turning away from evil, honoring Him, praising Him, thanking Him, living for His honor, for His glory, in the midst of a crooked and cruel world. And it is that. It is that. And it will be that until the Lord returns. It will be that. God help us. God help us to take to heart what the Scripture says. God help us. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for 
your faithfulness. Lord, thank you that even when we're not faithful, you are. Oh, thank you for these precious promises, Lord, that you've given us. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the, the new heart. Thank you for the fear of God that you've placed in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the strength, the understanding, the wisdom that you impart that we might learn and that we might overcome these things that are so unhealthy to, to our spiritual life, Lord. Just strengthen us and enable us to be victorious and grant us the grace to, to press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we, we look to you and trust you to guide us and direct us in the days ahead that we might bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth that sets us free. Thank you, Lord, for the fellowship that we share together as we gather each Lord's Day and worship you and seek to hear you speak to our hearts. Bless the time that we spend together now today as we share a meal and as we fellowship this afternoon. Make it a profitable time to us, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.